Solving your customer's problem can be easier than you think and the key to returning sales. But how do you crack the secret to success? Welcome to Tell Me Something Good About Retail, the podcast of The Retail Doctor. I'm your host, Bob Fibbs. My guest today is Bill Jackson, CEO of Rockford Fosgate. We'll be talking about how to approach retail from a business standpoint, guiding your team, and solving your customers' problems first. Welcome, Bill Jackson, CEO of Rockford Fosgate. How are you, Bob? As Bob mentioned, I'm Bill Jackson. I'm president of Rockford Fosgate. Um, Our brand, Rockford Fosgate, is uh, known in the mobile audio world. We sell audio products for cars and boats, motorcycles, side-by-side, pretty much anything that rolls on wheels or floats in the water, we've got an audio solution for it. I like that. So um, how did you start out? Because I I think you also have your own uh, retail store as well. You're a man of many talents. Well, my retail, my retail experience goes back quite a ways, and it's going to date me a little bit. Um, I got into retail in 1980. I was working uh, part-time while going to college at a local audio store in the Midwest, selling home audio and car audio. And it was, it was a fun gig. I mean, I did it because I loved music, and it was a fun job. And to be completely candid, it was pretty easy because people wanted audio products, uh, Home audio was booming back then. Car audio was just in its infancy, and and it was fun. I mean, it was a great business. There was a lot of traffic flow. It it wasn't hard. You could make good money, and and it was a it was a good a good time. I thought it was a perfect college job, but I guess a little benounced to me at the time, I would spend 12 years doing it. I graduated from school, and the retail bug had me, and and I I stayed in it um, into the early 90s. Um, and loved it. I mean, it was it was a blast, and I had passion for it, and and it was uh, it, it was super cool. And I, I guess how I'm kind of back connected into retail in two ways today. Uh, Rockford Fosgate has about 800 retailers that we work with in the domestic uh, U.S. market, and so I'm I'm intimately involved in, in laying out strategies, both from a manufacturer standpoint, but also working on programs to help sell through products and to make our retailers better uh, representing our brand. And the last piece of that is I, I do own a bicycle shop in Northern Arizona. I'm not a day-to-day operator, I'm a financial guy in it, but that's connected me back probably at the most basic level of retail that you can get. Well, I love that because that really is um, keeping your, your eye on the customer. I mean, ultimately that keeps you grounded. I'm always laugh when people say, oh, you know, Bob doesn't work with, uh, has, obviously hasn't worked retail. It's like I work in retail stores like every other week. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think I pretty yeah. much understand that. And like you, my part-time job kind of ended up becoming my career. And um, and I remember if I was to go back and talk to my young self back then, who was saying, this will never account to anything. You'll never be able to use this. What are you wasting time on? I'd say, hold on there. <laughs> this might be really important for you. <laughs> Exactly. And I think, you know, from, from speaking from a, a, an exec that, you know, sit, sits in the office at, at, at work a lot, you know, I think the, the biggest thing that the guys like myself need to do is you got to get in the field where the rubber hits the road and you have to stay connected with the people that make it happen in the field. And that's your retailers. And I think, you know, really trying to understand them and empathize with them and, 
and work to make your programs function for, for those folks is super, super important. I, I think part of my success is I've just never lost touch with retail and it's just, a, it's a key ingredient to our business. You know, um, that's interesting you say that because I know that sometimes people go through and they have the aggressive uh, salesperson, right? They're going to go out and they're going to open a new account and they load them all up with merch. And yep. so, great, we did that. Except they don't really teach them how to sell it. And so, then they come back in three months and the merch is sitting there. And ultimately, you have to wonder, did you really do a good job for that retailer? Because um, they weren't ready for that much to to move, right? I mean, ultimately, I like that about what you said. It's it's a win-win for both of you. It, it, exactly. I think, you know, as you get a little more mature in the business, it isn't about that opening order and banging that business into the, 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 the shop. It's more about, you know, have you done your job to help them sell that merchandise through? Because if they're getting return on that investment, they're turning the inventory in a timely fashion, it makes that retailer more successful. And ultimately, ultimately it makes you more successful. Exactly. As, as the partner to them. Exactly. I was looking at your LinkedIn recommendations and one of them stated about you, the team he's created speaks directly to the brand he loves. Rock, Rockford is full of fanatics, type A personality go-getters that put the brand first. You know that saying, speed of the leader, speed of the pack. Bill's a perfect example. He gets the business like no other and rewrites industry trends with his team daily. Wow. Um, what are some of your leadership lessons that you instill in your team? It sounds like, um, you know, you, you, you realize that you, your leadership is really cultivating other leaders, right? For, for sure. I think, you know, the, the big point is, is you know, it, it's not about me. It's about the team that I assemble and giving them the guidance and I'll call it the rope to get out there and do their jobs. And, you know, I try to keep my guys and, and gals grounded and focused and, you know, make sure they have the right product in their, their arsenal to, to, go to work with those retailers. But again, we're, we're out there all the time. I mean, it, that's kind of my, one of my original statements is, you know, you need to be in the field. You need to have your, your touch points. You need to pay attention to that. And, you know, I, my guidance is, you know, you know, I need to make money in return for my shareholders, but I really want to, to give my team the tools and the, the leadership and the guidance to make good decisions, you know, in the business world. And, you know, the, the big thing is, you know, you got to work. It's not, you know, you can't just sit on the sidelines. You've got to hustle and you got to work and you got to pay attention. I, I appreciate that. I'm always surprised when reps go and call on their, their clients, you know, their, their stores. And uh, it's like, well, how's business? Oh, it's off. Oh, I need a return merchandise uh, authorization. Okay. And that's the extent of it. Instead of realizing like, okay, so I'm here. So can I move a display around? Can I show you something new? Can I get in the back and talk with your tech guys, but add value, right? That's kind of the key. Exactly. Is without that, I think you're just another person, you know, annoying the dealer. <laughs> yeah. In, in today's world, there isn't that, that room for air in the supply chain. I mean, if you're going to be involved in it, you have to add value. And I think that's, that's a question a lot of specialty reps and reps in many industries are asking themselves because you know, a, a lot of companies are getting better and better of how they manage their their outside sales process. And they're putting a lot of things, you know, on online that makes it easy for dealers to gather information and data. And if that if that rep comes in the store, he needs to be adding value. I mean, it's all about sell through having your brand merchandise correctly, having it set up right at retail. 
mean, part of part of just one thing I want to mention on on our side of the house at the Rockford side, you know, we've we've put you know 1,100 displays out into to our retailers this last year. We have been incredibly focused on point of sale and merchandising programs because at the end of the day, that's what those guys need. They need to represent a brand appropriately. You need to give them the tools, the sales training, the retail training on helping them, you know, provide a solution and to close those customers. And and it, it, that's really changed a lot. I mean, in the past, you know, manufacturers didn't have that pressure on them. Today we do. We need, you know, we continue to, to, to strive to do a better job of helping our retailers represent our brand. Yeah, I think um, to your point, the stakes are higher for the uh, retailer. Uh, there are so many more choices somebody can do with their money. You know, they're going to announce the new yep. iPhone 11 this afternoon. So, yep. you know, there's all kinds of things that are competing that really just weren't around when you and I started out uh, back in the 80s. Um, there's, it was pretty no simple. Doubt. I get to soup up my car and I'm going to do something with my home entertainment. I mean. Yeah, there, there, there's no doubt. I mean, I, I look at today and just think how much retail has shifted and, and, and changed and the behaviors of it has changed. And, you know, it's, um, it's crazy, Bob. I mean, it is, it's a different world out there today. A lot of landmines. We'll explore more with Bill in just a bit. But first, a quick word about Field Agent, our sponsor. Field Agent is an on-demand platform that furnishes businesses with in-store information, shopper insights, and services to drive product sales all through the Field Agent mobile app featuring a panel of over one and a half million shoppers. In a matter of hours, you can get photos and data from stores everywhere. If you need in-store visibility and you need it fast, Field Agent is the solution for you. Visit www.fieldagent.net slash retail doctor for exclusive content. Now let's get back to it. But you and I both share the same idea. You know, it's just being brilliant on the basics. I mean, at the end of the day... Yeah have the right product, have the ability to open your heart to another human being, be curious about why today did they walk in the door and then say, how high is up? To me, if you can do that, then I think you're in a great place. If you're expecting somebody to walk in and say, I want to model 85621, and maybe you do, maybe you don't have it, and your employee just says, oh, you know, you could get that, but I've got this other one that's half as much and they think they're being a buddy because they're selling something that's either used or not as good quality, then you're going to have a problem because ultimately I think consumers are willing to pay for better products, um, but they're not going to do it just because you say so. You're going to have to engage them, right? It, it, exactly. I mean, people, people come into stores, into brick-and-mortar stores, to, to have a problem solved. I mean, they're typically not there just kicking tires. They're not buying a pack of gum usually they walk into one of our retailers or they come into a bike shop they're there to make a, a sizable purchase and they're you know they have a variety of reasons but you know they they have a, a problem or, or or they a desire to do something and it's it's something that the retailer has to provide a solution and and i think that if you focus on that as a retailer and kind of get out of the you know banging your head against the price side and work on the service side and the customer service and the and in our case the installation or the setup of the bike, or, or whatever thing you're selling, those are the important ingredients. That's, that's how you build that customer and you build that relationship you know, long-term with those folks. It, 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 it isn't about, you know, I beat, I beat Amazon's price by 14 cents. It's about really providing a level of, of, of service and, 
and and professionalism that they're just not going to get, you know, at an online at an well, online guide. Well, and to your point, that's also. Um, you know, I'm always surprised who's the last person that talks to your customer. It's going to be the guy that does the install and Amen. he better have a script and he better have a smile on his face and glad you're here. And, Amen. um, you know, that's the pass off. That's really where your word of marketing, word of mouth marketing is going to happen. And you have to craft that, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. So what are some of the biggest challenges you've seen in the past three years? And you can do this either as a retailer, you could do it with as a, uh, you know, as the brand that you are, the supply chain, the marketing, merchandising, any of those kind of things, and uh, how you overcame it. Bob, I'll give you just a couple things. I think, you, you know, online has had a huge impact. And I'm sure if you talk to a lot of guys, they're going to say that. But I, I have a kind of an interesting way to, to look at it. One, I think online really exposed the underbelly of retail. I mean, it, it, it gave consumers an alternative to buy something if they had crappy service from a local retailer. They could go get it. They could get it tomorrow. They could return it whenever they wanted, and it made it easy for the customer. But it also exposed what retailers weren't doing. I think it was a big, big wake-up call for a lot of people. And, and we can, you know, I'm sure you see it in your world. I see it in mine. There's a lot of guys in, in a lot of big companies as well as small that just they they're not going to make it. Yeah. Right? They're they're having to change their 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 strategies, or they just go out of business. They can't change. So I I think. You know, that's that's been a big piece, I think, as as an operator, you know, if you're running a retail operation and online comes up and, you know, you get, immediately get that feeling, well, I lost that customer and he bought it. And well, why did he buy it off that that online guy? Was it because of price or, or ease of purchase or lack of your customer service? I think it really exposes that. I think one of the biggest things that we've struggled with, and I'm speaking on the Rockford side right now, is a lot of shop owners when online really took off here in the last five years, you know, they wanted to be online too. Right. And so their their focus and their investments were on how do I how do I compete with the with the big boys? And unfortunately that the message out there is the big boy is gonna smash you like a grape. Because they're they're so good and so well capitalized, and they are the ultimate distributor. You know, they can distribute product more efficiently, faster than than you can, right? Even if you can be in a local market with them. I and mean, we we have you know those big box those the Amazon guys are in our backyard here in Phoenix. We know how fast they deliver product. It's it's almost instantaneous. So, you know, what we've tried to do is we we want to tip the playing field. You know, our message to retailers and, and what I even try to do in, in our little bike shop business is look at, look at the things that you do better that those guys can't do. And it's back to your original statements. It's about customer service. It's about building that experience with that, with that customer. It, it, it's doing all the things that those guys can't do, like setting the audio system up, making sure you have the right audio system in the car making sure it's tuned correctly, making sure the car is spotless when the guy picks it up, building that next level of service that that online guy can't do. You know, I'm going to jump in here real quick. Yeah. And I think it would, I think you would agree. It's also saying this isn't going to do what you want it to do, right? It's, exactly. it's not being afraid to upgrade them and say, no, it's really going to take an extra three speakers to do this or. Exactly. Or, because without that, I mean, I, to me, I think so many retailers don't challenge uh, what people think anymore. If somebody comes in, you know, I read a blog, it says, do this, that's all I need. Okay, here you go. 
but are you really going to let somebody else determine your success and more importantly, your shopper's success because you weren't willing to just say, well, you know, can I explain a few things to you about that? That's exactly. To me, right. You got to make the complex simple if you're going to be in, in uh, mobile electronics, I think. For, for sure. And you have to ask the right questions. I'll, I'll use an example. I was, I was in the field in the, uh, Illinois, Wisconsin market here about four weeks ago. And I went to a dealer's dealer's shop and he was giving me the tour and they had a couple customers in and I heard a guy come in and he, he clearly was super educated on what he was looking for. He probably knew as much about the product that he was after as, as anybody in the shop did. And he, he was coming in for a price. And I was super impressed that the salesperson was calm and he just started asking questions. He basically went and recalled the guy yep. and really started laying out and saying, well, what are you trying to do? And he never insulted the guy's moves, but he was looking at how can I ensure that you're getting exactly what you want? And about an hour later, I walked back up by the front counter and the guy was there and he was buying it. And the, the, the customer left and I told the guy, I said, that was a magical job. I said, you did a really good job of qualifying him and paying attention to what he was looking for and making sure that one was the product he, he came in asking for, was that going to solve the job? And, and two, when it didn't, you handled it perfectly. The guy, yeah. sold, him, the guy sold him the complete system, labor, the whole deal, very well done. But I think that's the magic recipe right there, you know? And I, I would hope to, that he also was able to say, yes, I know what I was doing there. Not like uh, I was lucky, right? He knew exactly what he was doing. He, he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. It was yeah. well played, for sure. I love that. And what's the best advice you ever received? And I can leave, you can leave this open however you want. <laughs> you, want you want the worst or the best? No, I want the best. We could do the worst later, but the best so far. Oh, you know, the... The best is, um, it's going to sound silly, but it's, I think it's pretty simple. You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth and use them proportionately. And I think that really gave me pause when the person said that, said that that customer isn't here, to, to, that customer isn't in your store to hear you talk. He's there for you to solve a problem and provide a solution. And you need to be really good at asking questions and probing and getting the information to provide the right solution for that customer. So that's always stuck with me. We kind of, it's been an inside joke here for the 20 some years I've been here. It's just, you know, make sure you're listening. Don't, don't always talk. Well, I like that because in the technical <laughs> world you're in, guys like to talk. Oh, they and, love to talk about specs and meaningless stuff. So Yeah. And when you're, <laughs> when you're dealing with a shopper, you know, when you're asking those questions, what I find is it might be the first time they've really thought about what you're asking. Right. Yeah. I mean, they thought the answer was green and you're kind of like, well, why green? Like, I don't know, because I thought green and they're, they're saying, <laughs> right. well, uh, that may not be the right color. And and when you ask those questions, it helps them be able to articulate it. You know, I had Martin Lindstrom on here uh, on the podcast recently and and he said, you know, 90 percent of reasons people buy are subconscious. But they aren't necessarily going to be the things that we think they are. It's going to be a feeling. Yeah. And I yep. think that's what we're getting to is either you have a feeling that this person understands me, that I, that I matter, and that uh, I can trust them, or I don't. And that's exclusive of product knowledge. Would you agree? Yes, I would. Cool. So what would you uh, tell a friend going into retail? You know, they sit you down there in a nice, cool Phoenix afternoon, 115 in the shade. 
and uh, and they say, I think I'm going to open my own fill in the blank bike store, apparel store, restaurant. What what would you tell them? I you know I guess I've been tied into retail for geez, it's coming up to almost 40 years now. But um, I mean, I'd be pretty honest with them. I'd say you know be prepared. You know, retail's a grind. It's tough. It's it's just a lot of preparation and you always got to be on and you always got to be prepared for that customer that comes in. Cause that's, that's, that's why you're there. I think, you know, a couple things that I always think about is, you know, make sure your presentation to, to that consumer is spot on. And that can be, you know, how you feel when you walk into the store or how your website looks or how you answer the phone or, or, you know, just basic interaction with a customer in the parking lot. I mean, you have to be prepared, you have to be on, and you have to be honest about how your environment looks, feels, and is presented to that customer. So I think a lot of guys forget that. They don't necessarily pay attention to it. I always get a kick out of Undercover Boss when you watch that show <laughs> yeah. because that's pretty telling. Yeah, I, I like that idea that you're always on. You know, you you went over several points, you know, greeting somebody in the in the parking lot and seeing how the merchandise is laid out. I mean, it's a lot of little details that make the difference. You know, it's fun to go to a buying show and buy a bunch of merchandise until you buy it and it's not selling. And then you blame the vendor <laughs> instead of, well, you have to figure it out, right? Figure it, it out. It, How am I going to sell this? Exactly. I, I think the other, just a couple other quick points just to, to, to tie it into, I think, you know, Product strategy is a big thing. If, you know, the worst advice, by the way, I ever received, somebody told me the more lines equals more sales. <laughs> you, you, you need to have more, more product lines That's and right. more offerings. And the more you have, you're going to tie those lines up so your competitors won't get them. And you're, you're going to own the market. And, right. you know, my advice to guys that, that are in retail or, or wanting to get in, focus that product strategy. You know, make it easy for your salespeople to understand what you're offering and why you're offering it. It makes it easier for the customer to figure out whether it's a, a best, better, good, or whatever strategy you're trying to use, but it makes it simple for the customer to grasp it, simple for your salespeople to grasp it. And it gives you leverage with your suppliers, which is key in you know, getting the best program and having the best environment to buy your product. Well, you're going to be their best friend because you're featuring them and you know the product well enough. And you don't have yep. to get into those weird moments. Well, this is a lot like that. Oh, what's the difference? Well, this is $10 more. Oh, well, why is it that? I don't know. They're pretty much the same. And, and then your whole you reason you said you had to have that product is kind of washed down the toilet anyway, because your employees don't know how to say the difference. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so, um, well, we're coming to the end of our time. And um, tell me something good about retail. You know, in our business, in the audio business, Retail is where it's where the the widgets come to life. I mean, the the magic is the magic isn't just the black box you take home. The, the the magic is when that gear is installed into your car, or your side by side, or your motorcycle, or your boat, and it gets turned on and it's set up correctly, Bob, and it sounds unbelievable, and people get emotional and they get that big smile on their face. Retail's where that happens. That that doesn't happen online. That happens at a retailer. And that's, that's what I love about our business. That's the magic. That's the value that, that our retailers really put into, put, in, put into our brand and into this whole equation. I like that. I had an audio retailer one time, and uh, he was demoing the, the you know, all components. 
And he just said to the guy, does this make you feel like dancing? And that was his way to get somebody to think. And I thought, that's a great way to get that idea. Like, well, yeah. For sure. Right? I mean, how does this sound? Oh, this sounds bright. It's loud. How does this make you, does this make you feel like dancing? Well, I don't dance, but if I did, I would. And now you've got something fun to talk about, right? I mean, exactly. that's all, that's all we're talking about. Well, how can they find out more about you and uh, your company? You can go to our website, www.rockfordfosgate.com. Of course, you can hit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at, at Rockford Fosgate. Excellent. Well, I appreciate your time today. And uh, hopefully, we'll have another chance to, to talk about what makes retail great. And then next 40 years, you're going to be around. How's that? Sounds good, buddy. All right, Always good talking to you, Bob. Thanks, Bill. All right. Take care. Well, that pretty much does it, and I want to thank my guest, Bill Jackson. I'll tell you that one of the things that I really took from this was his idea that you have got to guide your team and hustle. I also like this point that companies like Amazon are going to squash you like a bug if you try to beat them on price or distribution. They just have too much capital, and you can't compete that way. But we focus on the spots the big guys can't hit, the areas retailers are specialized for. As Bill said, it's about building that experience with that customer building that next level of service that the online guy can't do. Well, as the retail doc, I couldn't agree more. On the next episode of Tell Me Something Good About Retail, I'll speak with Dax Da Silva of Lightspeed HQ and about maintaining your company culture in the ever-changing landscape that's retail. And moreover, with his new book, he has a lot to say on what we're doing to our planet and more. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm Bob Bibbs, the retail doctor. Thanks again for listening. Tell Me Something Good About Retail is the podcast of The Retail Doctor. Visit RetailDoc.com to learn what makes Bob Fibbs the authority on brick-and-mortar retail across the world, who works with some of the biggest brands all the way down to the smallest mom and pops. As a listener of the Tell Me Something Good About Retail podcast, you can receive free information and guides when you visit RetailDoc.com and sign up for our exclusive weekly newsletter. For more information, to access the complete archives of past retail goodness, and to see about Bob speaking to your audience, please visit RetailDoc.com.